You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today on the show, it is Lily Zhao. Zhao, you doing back in full effect and we get to talk about not just the Bengals game we get to talk about the Chicago Bears game the upcoming opponent there as well I would like to thank everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day remember we are free and available on all platforms I want to start today you know Pat McAfee has his feel-good Friday I felt like I had been critical I had been a little negative coming out of the game, a game they won in dramatic fashion. And then yesterday we talked about, okay, all the things that are wrong with the offense and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there is a lot that I think we can look at and say, okay, this team is really doing some things really well. And overall production wise, they've been very good since week one. Week one has been an incredible drag on this team statistically and I think narratively if that game had never happened I think we would feel differently about the Green Bay Packers and by the way the team would look very different since week one the Packers are third offensively in EPA per play they're behind the Bills and the Bucks. that is a very 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 good offense that is an elite offense and that is Without your starting left tackle, who is still not back, that is without the all-world offensive lineman who replaced that starting left tackle, and you also, in doing so, vacated his left guard spot. And then, in this game on Sunday, you are without your starting center. You also lose your number two receiver, your deep threat, and you're still incorporating Randall Cobb into what is a new offense with new pieces around him. You're having to use Big Bob Tunyon to chip. You're having to be a little bit more empty and spread to identify rushers, to um, make people declare coverages, and to try and protect your offensive line. Quick throws, those kinds of things. We've talked about them ad nauseum, right? To be that effective over the last few weeks against some some teams. By the way, that Lions win looks so much better now, doesn't it? I mean, Dan Campbell, whatever, but he cares. He cares, and that team plays their butts off for Dan Campbell. They took the Vikings to the brink. They took the the Ravens to the brink. It it required last-second field goals to beat those teams, including a record-setting field goal from the Ravens, who are 4-1, to beat the Detroit Lions. The Lions came all the way back on San Francisco, back when San Francisco was healthy, or at least healthier than they are now. And so I think that win looks a little bit better. The 49er game, we knew, we know the reasons for, for some of the issues there, the penalties, and some of just the, the great plays that San Francisco made, plays that they have not made in some of these other games. And so, and the Pittsburgh game, the Pittsburgh Steelers just went out and got a big win 
against the Broncos without Juju Smith-Schuster, who's out for the season. And so you're like, I don't know. Why, why, why are we so negative on this team? Why are we so down on this team? No, they are not clicking the way that we are used to seeing them click offensively. Third in EPA per play for a month straight. For a month straight. And the running game has still not gotten going. Still not gotten going. I, I think getting your guys back healthy is a big way to get you going in that direction. The other part of this that is so crucial. Defensively. Defensively. Over the last four games, they are 12th in EPA per play. Eighth against the pass. That is without Zedaria Smith. And that is... In, in one of those four games without Jair Alexander and for a quarter without Kevin King too. Now, as of this recording, the Packers have brought in um, former Washington DB Quentin Dunbar, who was in Washington with Joe Barry. Uh, Dunbar was very good in 2019. He had some injury issues last year, did not look as explosive, looked like physically there was some deterioration. How much of that is due to injury? I don't know. Longtime listeners of the show will know. Six months ago, I was advocating for the Packers to bring in a veteran like Quentin Dunbar. As recently as like a month ago, I was I was doing that. So I would I would like that move for Green Bay. It probably tells us something about Kevin King's status and and what um, that shoulder injury is for him. Matt Lafleur said that for for a lot of that game, he was basically playing with one arm. And he gutted it out and played one of the best games, you know, full games of his career. The I would think the best tackling game of his career. And so to lose that, you still have Eric Stokes. Your safeties are still out there. Shannon Sullivan, this defense with Devondre Campbell, with Chris Barnes. Now you bring in Jalen Smith. They have two of the top four rated, uh, graded by PFF, coverage graded linebackers this season, Campbell and Smith. Devondre Campbell is a top five linebacker this year by PFF grade. Top five. And, and Look, I understand PFF grade, not everyone's favorite uh, metric to use. Not really a metric. It's a it's a grading system. It's subjective, right? But it matches the eye test. He's been awesome fitting the run. He has been terrific in coverage, change of direction, getting sideline to sideline. And Matt LaFleur was asked about this yesterday. And he said, I, <laughs> it's so funny. He said, um, I, I don't want to say he has more freedom than he used to have, but He's got a little bit more freedom. <laughs> I don't want to say, but I'm going to say. And it's it's hard. He was the will linebacker in Atlanta. Matt LaFleur was in Atlanta with him. And he uh, is, is playing the mic for Green Bay. And so that means getting to roam a little bit more, getting to be a playmaker a little bit more. But it also means you got to fit up the run in a different way up the middle. Kenny Clark is playing terrific football. Um, you know, Dean Lowry made some plays on Sunday. TJ Slayton is getting in the in the mix. They get Tyler Lancaster off the COVID-19 list. And so there, there are these players now who are starting to put it together. And you're you're seeing that even without the star corner, they were able to handle. This Bengals team that has playmakers. Joe Mixon is a playmaker. Joe Burrow is a very promising young quarterback. Jamar Chase, I think he's the number one graded uh, receiver against single coverage this season. Not rookie receiver. Devontae Adams is second. Devontae Adams, by the way, first in yards per route run this season among guys who's got at least 20 targets. I mean, he has been unbelievable. And he's number one in targets by far. And in the mid-20s in terms of routes run. 
So the volume and the target share that he is working with is incredible. And yet they're finding ways to get him the ball. I don't want to hear any of the complaints. Get your best players the ball. I would love to see them find more ways to get Aaron Jones the ball. They are just, they're, they're biding their time, it seems. And now you have an opportunity to go beat a division rival and a team that they have done nothing offensively. I mean, Kevin Fishbane, friend of the program, he tweeted out the other day, I mean, they are last in a slew of offensive categories. They've not been able to move the ball effectively. They've not been able to score effectively. They have been able to run it pretty effectively. And that is the biggest problem right now for the Packers defense. And and I think they're in a way willing to just live with that. They're going to play two safeties and they're not going to let you beat them over the top. Now in this game, Maybe you change that up a little bit. That's something that I want to talk to Lauren Cox about when we talk to him tomorrow for our crossover Thursday. But this defense, it has only been four games of good play. And so I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. But if this were any other circumstance, if week one again had not happened, we would be raving about what Joe Barry has done. And Matt LaFleur called this the most complete defensive performance that the Packers have had this season. They, they look more disciplined. They have deployed their blitzes in a more judicious way, in a more effective way. I wanted Mike Patton to be more aggressive than he has been. I want, I'm begging him, please, you're one of the best designer blitz designers, schemers in football. Where are those? Where are those? I don't see them, and I'd like to see them some more. I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. Um, but Sean Desai in Chicago is is one of um, the, the rising stars among defensive coaches. People rave about that guy, Vic Fangio Tree, and they lead the league in sacks. So you want to have Elton Jenkins back for this. You got you to gotta have your big boy pants on. Now the Packers fifth in pro football focus is pass block grades. They've been good. You know, one of the issues is Aaron Rodgers, 14th from a clean pocket in terms of grade, but third in passer rating. So they've been able to find ways to push the ball down the field. Play to play, a little inconsistent. And I think part of that is, is the offense is not quite in rhythm. You're having to chip with, with Tunyon and you're trying to integrate Randall Cobb, who can do some different kinds of things than some of the other players that you've had. You don't have the same sort of field structure on the outside without MVS. And so they're, they're trying to just ham and egg this and make it work. But when you get a clean pocket consistently with Aaron Rodgers, over time, he's going to make you pay. I mean, he's still, like I said, third at passer rating from a clean pocket. And so they're going to be able to find ways to get the ball down the field. If they can protect this week, they're going to score enough to win. Period. Period. End of story. Because this this Bears offense is just, they're just not good enough to score 25. They're barely good enough to score 20. And I think it's going to take more than that to beat Green Bay, even coming off this this emotional win and uh, as banged up as they are. I think that's where we are with Green Bay. Before we get to our friend Lily Zhao, let's talk about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, especially, especially with gas prices the way that they are right now. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25% or 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents a gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump. Don't do it. Get cash back using GetUpside and 
Just download the free app and use the promo code touchdown. You'll get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents. 25 plus 25, 50. That's good math. Some people drive drive a lot. They're making two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back. And there's no catch. Get your money anytime. Bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, whatever you want. Go, go put it in crypto if you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code touchdown. All right, it is time now to bring in our Wednesday staple coming in with four straight victories from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. I don't know why I'm introducing you like this is Wilder Fury. Uh, <laughs> Lily, Lily Zhao. Lily, how are you doing? Peter, it's great to be back every week. Um, I would say maybe in this scenario, I'd be Fury, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be back. Uh, feeling good about this week. So how you doing? I'm I'm very good. Um, glad to be joined by the Gypsy Queen, um, and uh, yeah. So this is this is going to be fun. So um, weirdness, a lot of weirdness on Sunday, and this was something that that we asked in our in our Leap newsletter. But when when did you get the feeling like this this Mason Crosby thing has gone fully sideways? Because I think there's a couple different times when you were just like, oh my god, like what is going on here? Yeah, I think it was honestly the second field goal. Because I feel like, you know, when you're Mason Crosby, you're that good. You miss one, you're like, no sweat it, whatever. When he missed the second one, I was like, oh. And then the third one, and I was like, oh boy. It's like in his head, you know. I don't know if the operation just wasn't working, but it's been working all season long. Um, you know, I'm sure he got laces out. I don't know. But I think that second one, I was like, oops. And then the third, I was like, ooh. And then... <laughs> Well, luckily the fourth one, we were like, woohoo, right? Like yeah. I, yeah, but luckily it's Mason Crosby. He got it done. Um, Cause I honestly, I was like, the game probably deserved to end in a tie, but I'm sure the players themselves were happy. It did not. Indeed. And, and Bill Barnwell reminded me of this. I had sort of forgotten about this. And I think mostly I had blocked it from my memory. This happened to Mason in 2018 when he fully lost his mind and missed every kick against the lions and actually made the one at the end that allowed the Packers to then kick the onside to try and recover it to score, but I would have tied the game, but he was nails basically from that point to now. And so I don't know, like, do you, how, how concerned would you be if this week he needed to kick a 48 yarder to win the game? I feel like just listening to him post game. He's like, I'm focused on that last kick. Obviously the last kick 49 yard field goal for the win. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the mentality, right? It's, you know, I made the last one, whatever. Yeah. I missed three, but I made the one that counted and that's hopefully the approach he's going to take. I still, you know, obviously feel like he's very reliable. We can't just throw him under the bus for one bad game. Um, you know, obviously after that lions game, he's recouped very well for two years. So it's, you know, he's, he kicked 27 straight field goals. Yeah. He missed three, but he made the one that counted. So I think there's still confidence in him getting the job done if need be on Sunday. Yeah, sometimes we are outcome driven and it's okay to be, especially when you're trying to move forward. It's like, okay, yeah, the, there, there were three misses and four total misses. He missed the PAT. But Mason, like that was, that, the reason I asked you the question is, Mason will just brain fart a PAT every now and then. And it's just sort of like, what is going on? But like, it's not a cause for concern. And then when he knuckle hooked that first field goal, the 36 yarder, I was like, Okay, th- this is this is weird. And then to your point, when he missed that other one, I was just like, oh no, this is the one that goes in. He wins the game. He's the hero. And when that one didn't go in, I was like, okay, no, no, this is this has gone off the rails now. Um, so from this game, I, I'm this this is so funny. 
if you go back and look in the Matt LaFleur era, they really have not lost a game where they outplayed their opponent. And it looked like that was going to happen against San Francisco. And they had the heroics. It looked like it was going to happen in this game. And then, you know, I wouldn't say heroics. Was there heroics in the game? There, there were almost heroics. Like imagine if Rodgers with 30 seconds left, they get the ball down after the missed field goal and they go they 30 yards and Mason kicks the game winner. Like to do that again. But this is going to happen at some point. Do you think there is something about this team though that that they just believe we have 12, we have Mason, this this is going to work out? I think so, right? And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Lafleur talked about the resiliency of this team. They didn't give up, and obviously there were multiple chances of when they could have won the game. Ultimately, they did, but they didn't give up. You know, they, they didn't lay down and say, "Oh, it's over. They're going to win it." Um, and you know, I wasn't there in Cincinnati, but you know, Tim Van Boren was there, and he you know mentioned the insane amount of celebration that they heard from the locker room. These guys, I'm sure, were exhausted. They knew at the end of the day they got the win. Um, but to your point there, I just feel like, yeah, this team didn't give up. They were confident that they were going to win it. And obviously the results helped, you know, confirm that. But obviously if they'd lost, it's kind of like, well, you know, we're talking about a different thing here. But, you know, I mean, this, is a, this is a win that they can really build on uh, the rest of the season. So this is an interesting situation now. They have to play. It's not a short week. But they played five quarters. Aaron Rodgers talked about the heat. He said this is one of the most mentally and physically exhausting games that they've been a part of. I do think there is a mental wear and tear to playing all these close games. That is not something that we talk a lot about. But now they have to go play a very physical Bears team. No, it's not the best offense. Um, It's a rookie quarterback. But this is a division rival. Chicago is going to be up for this game. So what is your concern level about the the wear and tear that this game had on this team as they now face a game that like I didn't even realize it until people started saying it is going to be for the lead in the division. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's, you know, I always feel like when you're talking Packers Bears, it's you go throw those records out the window. It's going to be a good game because they're rivals. They know each other. You know, they and that's a cliche. But I feel like for this for this group, it is true. Like it is 100 percent true. Yeah, like, you know, the Packers could be 4-0 and the Bears could be 0-4 and they'd still play their best football, I feel like. Um, this is a game that they're going to have to be prepared for. You mentioned the heat, the extra quarter of play, the emotional up and downs of that game because it was just insane at the end. That's just something that they're going to have to really weather, I feel like, in the first couple minutes of the game. The Bears are going to come out strong. If they can weather that first quarter and hopefully put up some points, I think they're going to be in good shape down the line because, you know, this is a good team. You know, Justin Fields still a young quarterback. Their offense has kind of picked up steam. They've kind of found an identity, even though David Montgomery's not there. Their running game is getting going. Justin Fields can still make plays, and, and this is still a good defense. So if the Packers let their guard down and they think, oh, we're just going to waltz into Chicago and get a win, it's not going to be a good day for them. So I think they just have to weather that storm and hopefully not get any more injuries because they were dropping like flies already. Um, if they can just stay healthy and, and just kind of at least score on their opening drive, I think that takes a little bit away or a little bit of the uh, good juju away from the Bears, I'd say, early on. Yeah, and and I think what's what's great about what we've seen so far is the Packers have not hit their stride by any means, and they've weathered the proverbial storm with all of these injuries. I do think playing the Bears helps when it comes to getting up for this game. Like, there is no circumstance. Like, they could have played on a Thursday night game and then play on Sunday, and they would find a way to be up for the Bears on Sunday. That is just how this works. There is no team they like beating more than Chicago, and there's no team that Chicago would rather be playing in any given week than Green Bay. So 
I, I think this is going to be a, a really fun test um, for the Packers. I struggle right now. And we talked about this to open the show. I, I, I don't know how good they are right now because there are some weird efficiency numbers that are out there, but the week one was so bad that I just, it, it I can't get it out of my brain, but, <laughs> but like statistically they've been pretty good over the last couple of weeks on both sides of the ball. So like when you think about the, the, the improvements that the team has made, where do you think those improvements have been most important, not necessarily the biggest improvement, but most important from that week one debacle? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I just feel like they're, they're continuity that makes any sort of sense with the defense. I feel like they've kind yeah. of trended upwards. I know the red zone, de- the red zone defense is a huge issue. Um, when you're giving up, you know, 16 trips to the red zone, 16 touchdowns. I mean, something's going to have to, something's going to have to give this week. Um, you don't want to continue that trend, but I just feel like the consistency defensively has helped as well. Um, I don't know if we talked really a lot about Devondre Campbell, but he's really been huge for the middle. Not of- enough. We have not talked about him enough. Yeah. And, and he's been such a great acquisition. You know, Aaron Rodgers just said for these guys, just a change of environment sometimes can just bring out the best in a player. I feel like that's the case for Devondre. And he's really been, you know, kind of, I feel like that glue in the middle for this defense. And we saw when he was out for a couple of plays, they were kind of running roughshod through the middle of that defense. So that's <laughs> in there. Um, and his ability to create some plays has been really big considering Jair is not in the game. Um, also outside of that red zone defense, I feel like the, the defense at least is trending upwards. As for the offense, it's kind of, we saw week one, they couldn't do anything. And then we've seen them progress. And then against Cincinnati, it was the first three drives were like, what's happening? Um, I know a lot of people were questioning Matt LaFleur's play calling, you know, especially towards the end there. It's why not take a shot for the, to the end zone, right? I was doing that. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just feel like there's still some things that can, well, there's a lot of things that can improve offensively, but when you have an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, you're still a good offense. It's just, they have not been consistent enough to this point, but you know what, at this point, when you can say the defense is kind of trending upwards to that regard, it's pretty good. Especially given the injuries. And I think like I wanted to come out to, to start the day show because I had been I don't know, negative. I don't know if I had been negative, but I had, I had been, fo- I had been, cr- thank you, Lily, for your support in this important matter. Um, uh, yes, I had been critical because I'm, I'm going, this is not as good as it could be. We saw it last year. We know what they're capable of. And I think there are some reasons for why they, they haven't, you know, gotten to that level. Right. But to your point, and this is something that Matt LaFleur talks about all the time. You would rather be making these corrections while you win. And I think that's the thing that the the fact that we've seen such an uptick in the defense, like this is why Joe Barry is here because this defense is talented and for them to be able to, to produce with Jair out with Sidarius Smith out. And so I did we, they, like, they might not get Sidarius Smith back. And so they need to figure out, okay, what's the deal with the blitz? How can they find and manufacture some of these things? So how do you think uh, the Packers if at all, need to adjust the way that they they defend someone like Justin Fields because they have not seen a quarterback who can move the way Justin Fields does. When I look at it, I'm going, okay, this is why you get Devondre Campbell. This is why you get Jalen Smith. Guys, linebackers that can move, to me, that is the key against against a, a quarterback like Jalen or against Justin Fields. I just don't know how you adjust your defense to get there. 
That's the big question, right? That's what we're going to have to see Joe Barry come out with. But I, I feel like every time we're talking about a quarterback with likes as good as Justin Fields, it's just lame integrity. You just got to stay home and not make him beat you up the middle. Even on that, you know, fourth and what, two play in Cincinnati where they got a hold, it was just there was a wide open hole. And I mean, Joe Burrow could have taken off for more yards. But, you know, if that's Justin Fields, it could be a different story there. Um, so they just have to stay true in their lane integrity and, and or their gap integrity and make sure that he does not get those chunk plays with his feet that he potentially could. And he's still a young quarterback. So rattle him, get in his face, make him really uncomfortable. And they've been so good against the run. You know, I think that's kind of where this offense is predicated for the Bears. If they can stop the run and make them one dimensional, have Justin Fields just, you know, just one dimensional to have to pass the ball. Maybe that's the success that they have to have against a quarterback like him. And granted, he's a tough kid. I mean, he hyperextended his knee. He's probably not going to be a hundred percent. So maybe they can use that to their advantage as well. Yeah. It's, it's one of those interesting approaches because rookies, you want to pressure, right? I mean, that's always been the book on rookies. And I think Justin Fields is someone who he, he can be, um, he can overlook, pressure looks, or he can misidentify pressure looks. The protection has not been good. Their offensive line is extremely not good. And so from that standpoint, you're like, okay, go after him, go get him. But he's so athletic and so big and strong that it's like, well, maybe the, the plan is mush rush him and, and drop seven and make him read and make throws. They're just, I'm fascinated to see that cat and mouse game with, with, with Joe Barry here. So, uh, we, we need a vibes check. That's what you're here for always. Um, this team, something doesn't quite feel like it's all the way clicked in. And, and I don't think it's reflected really in the players. I notice it from Matt LaFleur. There are times when he's talking about different things and he just doesn't. I think he can sense that this is just not sort of where they don't. They're not really where they need to be. Am I, am I overanalyzing that? Like, are you sensing that too? Because I just, I, I feel like there's something like everyone's just sort of waiting for this to lock in. And maybe it's as simple as the offensive line gets healthy or whatever it is. But I just get the sense that like, they're, they're sort of waiting for this to, to all click into place. I get that vibe too. So you're not the only person feeling okay, this, thinking this hundred percent. Yeah. It's, you know, when you look at the offense last year, they just got out to a roaring start and just kind of took off. And, you know, when you're looking at this offense now, it's kind of been um, the Devonte Adams, Randall Cobb, Sprinkled in there, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. We haven't really seen Lazard. We haven't really seen Tunyon. Um, those two guys were big for this offense last year. Granted MPS is injured at the moment, but you know, you haven't gotten Lazard or Tunyon really involved offensively. And maybe the, some of that is just you need these guys to block. That's just what it is. Um, but I do feel like they're going to take, take a big step back whenever Elton and Bakhtiari can get back in this offensive line. Um, maybe that's when they take that next step. Because like you said, it's just it doesn't really feel 100% like they are just roaring to go. They can, it just Even in that Cincinnati game, those first three drives, it's kind of – it took a big step the week prior, but then – just regressed and you're like, they're not there yet. So maybe it's right. Maybe you're right in terms of they get their top offensive linemen in and that's when it starts to click. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I thought was, had very telling comments to Pat McAfee when he said, we just felt like this was our game to win. And even when it started poorly, we just felt like we, we were going to, we were going to make it work. And, and by the way, after that, every single drive, they had the ball, they were in position to score Mason missed three field goals. But they moved the ball on a on a pretty good defense and were able to to be in position there. I think I think they're going to be able to move the ball against anyone. They're just they're just not quite there, and that's okay. So that's it. 
uh, it's it's Packers Bears time, which is awesome. Um, these are these are the games that we always have circled on the schedule. So five in a row next week. I'll I'll uh, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily Zhao for coming on the show. Always great to have her on and get her insights. The vibe checks are essential. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the best tasting protein bar that God or man has ever invented. And it is it pretty incredible what they've been able to do. Uh, high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugar, low in net carb. And yet it tastes truly, um, like I when I say unbelievable, I truly mean unbelievable. Like I could not believe how good they tasted the first time I had them. And every time they come out with a new flavor, right now it's cookie dough chunk. I, I'm blown away at what they're able to accomplish and still maintain the high standards of the high protein, high fiber, low net carb, and low sugar. What they do is, it's it's incredible. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron. Alabama goes down. The Chiefs are reeling. Football is as fun as ever. And BetOnline is there to make it even that little bit extra. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit and use the promo code Locked On. They've got basketball, boxing, football, of course, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, BetOnline where the game starts. And thank you again for making Locked on Packers your first listen of the day. Make Peacock and Williamson your second. They will give you the everything, the everything from around the league. And if you're if you're locked in or locked on on the Packers, they give you the bigger picture. All right, back tomorrow, crossover Thursday. Friday, we have our live show. And then remember, we are live after every game the rest of the season. That's what we're doing. That's the deal. That's what you wanted. That's what you asked for. And that's what we're going to do. So we are going to be live on YouTube after every game. The podcast will go up the next morning. And that gives you the opportunity to be first if you want to watch us on YouTube. But still, you know, subscribe, get the get the, get it in your feed. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.